Hello, and welcome to the Abundant Life Church, the place where faith and life connect. We're so glad that you've chosen to worship with us today, and we pray that this worship experience would be a rich one for you. We're glad that you're here, and we ask that you would take the time to connect with people in the chat. Say hello. Let them know that you're here. Reach out to someone and share your thoughts in the chat. Today is our first Sunday, and we will pause and remember the sacrifice that Christ has made for us on the cross. So if you haven't done so already, we invite you to take some time, get some crackers, some juice, something to drink, or some bread, whatever elements that you can put together so that you can be ready to partake of the Lord's table together. After our message from the bishop today, we will have time to sit and talk with him about it. So we encourage you to participate and let's talk about it as well. Now, if you wouldn't mind just pausing from your normal daily activities. You see, during Bible times, God would call his people aside for times and seasons of growth spiritually, times and seasons where he could pour into them. And this is how we see and what we're doing with our worship experience today is to allow a time where we can grow spiritually. So let's pray together and invite God's presence in our homes, in our places, and let's invite his presence. Let's pray together. Father, we're grateful for this day and this time that you've allowed us to gather. We're so happy and we're so glad that you are with us. And even now as we pray, we pause and we set our minds and our hearts at peace so that you can speak to us. Speak, Lord, we are listening. We pray that through our worship and through the word, that today we would grow in our inner man. And that as we grow, we would then be examples of what it means to be Christ followers. Have your way in our homes, have your way in our lives, and speak because we are listening. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now let's get ready for worship. Right here, clap, clap. How great is our God, sing with me, how great is our God, oh, we'll see how great, how great is our God, can you help me see it, how great. How great, How great. 
grateful for our worship today where we can continue to grow in our love for him. As we're about to partake of the Lord's table, we invite you to pray with us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We praise you because truly our love is for you. Forgive us when we've loved other things, other people, and put them above you. But we want to declare even as we just worship together, that we don't want to love anybody else or anything else above you. 
Father, now as we gather to pray, we want to lift up the families. Families have had a tough time this week. We want to especially lift up the families in California that were killed in that van accident. Lord, each of those families are mourning and grieving. And Lord, you told us to mourn with those that mourn. So we lift up those families before you and we pray for comfort. We pray for resources for every family member. And we pray, oh God, that you would help them to have proper burials and that their memories would live on even in the lives of their family members. We pray for those who survived, that their hearts may be filled with trauma now. But Lord, we know at some point in time that you will comfort their hearts and that they will grow in peace and in grace. So we pray that you would allow the church of the living God to rise up and to support those families and to support those people who are still alive, that they will know your love and your mercy. We lift up our country before you, even as we continue to battle COVID and as vaccinations are going forth, we pray, oh Lord, that we as people would have patience with the system that we would allow the 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 we would allow the politicians and allow the healthcare system and all of the other systems that are connected to take its time but also to work in a good manner in a good timely manner so that those that need to be vaccinated can be vaccinated we pray that people would exercise wisdom even in reopening and that we would still give due diligence as we are still walking through a healing process. So now as we come back to the service, Lord, we pray that you would bless us as we're about to partake of the table of the Lord and remember the sacrifice that you've made for us. And we pray, Lord, that when all is said and done, you get the glory, you get the honor, and you get the praise. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to the table of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. It is so wonderful to be here today on this first Sunday in March. My, it's, it's like one year almost has, to the date has passed by since we were actually together in the same room having communion together. But you know, it's good that we have the availability of this wonderful uh, technology and media that we have so that we can come to you wherever you are and receive communion, hear us, hear the service, hear a word from God, pray, worship. And so I pray that this moment, right where you are, you're experiencing God's presence. It wasn't a powerful worship today. I pray that as you are worshiping where, where you are, that you're sensing the presence of God. And so as we're sensing that here, uh, right here where we are, and we're, we're just delighted that we can come before the Lord and participate in this time of communion. And so I'd like to uh, invite you to uh, go to a passage of scripture with me. Um, we, we normally read, of course, uh, our communion scripture, which is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 to 34, and uh, may have a tablet or a Bible or just use our app. You can go right on there and you can actually see and get the scriptures that we're sharing today. So our scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, and it reads, he said, for I have received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. That is why many among you are weak and sick and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we are more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world. So then, my brothers and sisters, when you gather to eat, you should all eat together. Everyone who is hungry should eat something at home so that when you meet together, it may not result in judgment. But when I come, I will give you further instructions. So these words are written to the Church of Corinth by the Apostle Paul, encouraging us and encouraging believers in his day that as we come before the Lord's table, that we present ourselves before him. And you know, this is a great time for us to really examine our hearts before God. The Bible tells us that we should examine ourselves. This is not me judging you or you judging me or judging your neighbor or judging your spouse or judging your children. This is you coming before the Lord so that you can have this examination of your heart before him. So I trust that as we eat together, that we would reflect that we would even confess our sins, whether they be sins of omission or commission. And we want to make sure that we are in right relationship with God. So at this moment, I'd like you to pause just for a moment and we're going to just have a, a very brief time of just reflecting of the goodness of God, but also we're going to examine our hearts before God. Well, Father, we are so grateful that you have given us this opportunity to receive communion. And Lord, on this uh, first Sunday of March, we are grateful. Lord, much has happened these past days, this week, even the hours that we have already have been passed, Lord, from working and doing all the things that we are supposed to do, called to do, assigned to do, Lord, but we recognize, Lord, that as we come today, we want to be in right relationship with you. So, Lord, as we come before the table of the Lord, it is your table that we come. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to examine our hearts. Cleanse us, Lord, if we have uh, any defilement in our hearts and anger in our hearts and where we need healing. Thank you for healing us spiritually. Thank you for healing our physical bodies we pray for those that are experiencing sickness, that God, that you would heal them by your divine power. We thank you. We praise you for being who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. So at this time, I'd like you to get your elements. If you haven't uh, got them already, we want you to make sure that you do so. Um, I have mine, and we're going to participate, and we're going to receive a communion. So I'd like you to take your bread, 
And as you take your bread, this represents the body of Jesus Christ. And so when he was on the cross, he said it is finished that man's redemption has been paid. That means that we don't pay for our own sins. He already paid for them. And so as we eat of this bread, may we remember the sacrifice and give thanks to the Lord for he is good and he is our healer and he is our sustainer. So let's eat in remembrance of him. As you take your cup, we want you to be mindful that this cup represents the blood of Jesus Christ. In the blood of Jesus Christ, it was shed for us so that we might be able to come to the throne of grace. And do you know we all need grace, right? We all need this ability to come before God without any fear, without any trepidation. We can come before him because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and the blood he shed. And so as we're about to receive this, we want to let you know that this has given us the payment for our sins, the shed blood of Christ. So let's drink in remembrance of all he has done. Let us drink in remembrance of him. So Father, as we have received these elements, we are so grateful for your sacrifice. We praise you now. We give you glory. We give you honor for healing. Give you honor, Lord, for forgiveness. We give you honor, Lord, for relationship. And so, Father, thank you. We give you glory, give you honor and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. So post a chat of what you're thankful for. God is good, and he's given us such a wonderful opportunity to serve and to worship him. God bless you.
it's time for the word. And I pray that you are going to be blessed today and that this word will really encourage you, but also will be challenging for you as well. Um, as we're beginning to talk about the kingdom, and this is the year by which we're talking about kingdom living. And you know, it is Christ that wants us to live under his authority. He wants us to live under his rule. He wants us to understand what it really means as believers to really allow him to lead, to lead our lives in every area of our lives. And so when we talk about the kingdom this year, our goal is to make the kingdom number one in 2001. Could you put that in the chat box? Make the kingdom number one in 2001. And so uh, some, of you, some weeks ago, I preached on uh, the soils, and I hope that you uh, had listened to that message. And if you didn't, you can go back into the archives and you can look, listen to those messages, actually three sermons. And we talked about the soils, and we shared some truths around that because it relates to the kingdom. And so today, I'd like to talk about another parable. And I'm going to be preaching on parables uh, probably throughout the year, and as the Lord will give them to me, because they really give us kingdom principles uh, of which we can apply to our daily lives. And so I'd like you to go with me to Matthew chapter 13, and we're going to look at verse 44 to 46. So get your tablet, get your Bible, so that you can read or go onto the app, and you can find the scripture, Matthew chapter 13, verse 44 to 46. Here's a parable that Jesus says, a story. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. And when a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. And when he's found a great, this, this, one of great value, uh, he went away and he sold everything he had and he bought it. Jesus is talking about these, this, uh, this whole parable here, which is a, a story, which he's telling his disciples. And he's talking to them about treasure and value. And so today, uh, my message is entitled, Give It All You Got. Give it all you got. You know, when I look at uh, those who have been serving on the front line in this uh, difficult time of the pandemic, nurses, doctors, people serving food, uh, those who are actually going out day to day to help people, you know, they're giving it all they got. You know, I, I can see the weariness on their faces, but also I see the tenacity that they have to really help people, to see people who are being served, to see people um, get, get through this very difficult season. But it doesn't come easy. You have to give it all you got. And you know, sometimes we want to give uh, things minimal effort, but we want maximum results. You see, this, this, this phrase of give it all you got, it's really to encourage you to operate at your maximum level. Um, I'm a sports enthusiast. And I know that as I look out there and I see whether it's football or basketball or baseball, that many of those who became great, Hall of Famers, I absolutely know that these individuals who were successful, they didn't become successful because they just had talent. They were people who actually would, 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 would say, you know what, I put it all on the field. I gave it all I had. And you know that we as believers, we need to be the example of what it means to give it all we got. 
And so today, as we unpack this, these two verses of Scripture and the story of Jesus, we want to find out not simply what the, uh, a story and hear a story, but we want to find out the principles and the meaning of what he's talking about when it comes to kingdom living. So I'd like to pray and then get started. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you that it would uh, be nourishment for our souls. I pray that you would challenge our hearts. May the seed of your word go into our hearts deep and bring forth fruit in Jesus' name. Amen. So here's the message, and it's very simple. Jesus is actually saying that if your relationship with Christ is going to be worth it, you're going to have to give it all you got. You see, we want a lot out of life, don't we? I know I do. But you can't go halfway. You know, they, they had a nursery rhyme, or, and, and just we learned in, in school when I was a kid. You know, it, 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 was, it, was, it was funny, and it was fun to sing. But when you think about it, it's kind of like, huh. And it, it goes like this. You put your right foot in. You put your right foot out. You put your left foot in, and you shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey, and you turn yourself around. That's what it's all about. But you know what? That's a fun song, but that's not how life works. You can't just put your foot in, take it out, your hand in, take it out. You have to somehow hold on and make sure that you are doing what you need to do to get the most out of it. See, Jesus put it this way. He said, if a person has a plow and they let go of it when it's actually going and plowing up a field, you know, they're not really going to get the rewards. There's not going to be any return on the investment. There's going to be dissatisfaction. And so when we look at this parable, I like to shape it in, in this way. I'm going to talk about the parable, then I'm going to talk about the principle. So I'm going to talk about these two parables, and I'm going to put it together so that we can understand what Jesus' point is and how it matters for us. It makes a difference when we give it all we've got. So here's the parable number one. Matthew chapter 13, verse 44, Jesus is talking to disciples, and he says that the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, and when a man found it, he hid it again, and in his joy, he went and sold it, all he had, and bought the field. So the first thing we see here that Jesus is telling the story about, a treasure is hidden in a field. And so he, 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 he's, he's focusing now on a worker who's working at a farm, and He's working, he's a, hired, he's a hired hand, he gets paid, and that's his work. He's, he's just going about doing his daily work, and he stumbles on treasure. He just stumbles across it. And when he finds this treasure, he goes, wow. He actually understood that it really was a treasure. It was something valuable. Now, one might say, well, why did they have treasure in a field where they were farming? We see back in the days, they didn't have banks. So you, had, you didn't have a savings account, and you didn't have a checking account, and you didn't have IRAs, and you didn't have uh, investment uh, that you actually put into funds. No, they, if you had something of value, what you did, um, if you didn't want anybody to steal it, you, you buried it. That's, that was the way that they had safety for their, their possessions. And so... Jesus is saying, you know, as, as he's unpacking the story, that as he's stumbling across this treasure, 
it comes to him that, you know, I don't know who this treasure belongs to. It may, it may belong to the person that owns this field, and it may be a treasure that they put here and they really don't know, or maybe they forgot it. He doesn't go into detail. I might be looking at it this way. Well, if I found a treasure, um, maybe I shouldn't let anybody know and just take it. But that would be, of course, unethical if I just took a treasure out of a field that I didn't own. So this man was ethical. He wanted to do it right. So he decides, well, I don't know if I should let anybody know about it, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make the owner an offer, and I'm going to buy this field. And probably he was thinking, well, maybe if I found one treasure, maybe there's other treasures that's in here. And so when he buys this, this field, he, go, he goes and he gets all he has. See, Jesus points out, he gets all he has. See, the, the field was going to cost him everything he had. You know, did, have you ever had something happen in your life where it took all you had? I remember buying our home. You know, when, when we were saving for our house, it was a little nerve-wracking, to say the least, because... When I made an offer on the house and the offer was accepted, when I looked at the down payment, it was pretty much all I had. Everything I saved had to go in this house. And I wondered, I wonder if it's worth it. I wonder if, it, if, if, the, if, if I should take this risk to take it all and put it on this house. And so I had to understand that, you know, when you're challenged with what is valuable and the values that you have in your life, there are situations that you're going to come up against that is going to either reveal to you what you really value or something that you may have said that you value. Jesus said it this way, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. If you want to find out what your heart really loves, ask yourself, where's your treasure? Where's your value? This man found valuable treasure to the point where he said, you know, I'm not going to do this with, with begrudgingly. I'm not going to do it like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to worry about what's going on with my money. I am going to joyfully purchase this field because I found treasure. The man went forth with joy, and he bought the field. Simple message. Parable number two. Parable number two deals with a merchant. Here again, Jesus says again in verse 45, he says again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for pearls. And when he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had, and he bought it. So here now, Jesus now switches from a farmer who stumbles onto a treasure, and then he goes to a merchant who actually finds a pearl that is better than what he ever seen before, and now he's going to turn it over to a retailer so they can sell it. But what he does, he finds this pearl, and he says, this pearl is of great value, greater value than he'd ever seen before, and what does he do? He sells everything he has. He sells everything, and he goes and buys it. 
And so this merchant understood value. Do you know back in those days, it made sense to them because pearls were like diamonds. Pearls were, if you had pearls, you were a very rich person. You know, there's nothing like when you see a, a really, really nice pearl, a, a very polished pearl, a flawless pearl. So when he saw this pearl among other pearls that he probably have seen many times, he said, this one is so expensive, valuable, that I am going to sell everything for this one. So let's get to the principles. The principle is this, that Jesus is talking about, not about pearls, not about getting riches, not about getting houses and land and money. He's not talking about that. He's talking about the kingdom. And when he talks about the kingdom, he says the kingdom has precious value. The kingdom has precious value. That the kingdom is precious, and that word precious means that when you know that something is precious and priceless, you don't waste it. You don't treat it frivolously. You don't treat it carelessly. You see how they treated these, these two men. They, they treated that treasure with such care because they recognize value. You know, anything that you care about, you take care of. If you care about people, you want to take care of them. If you care about your job, you want to go to work and you want to do the best work that you can because you care about your job. You care about people. You care. You care. Things you care about tells me what you value. Now, here's what we understand about this as well, that precious things come out of the kingdom. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 to 21, Peter says these words. He says, For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from an empty way of life handed down from your ancestors, but with the precious blood. Notice, see, he says, with the precious blood of Jesus. You know, once we have received communion, it was not just any blood, it was Precious blood. It was valuable. Blood is valuable. And so when we see the principle here, Jesus is saying, you know, disciples, I want you to know the kingdom is valuable. And it's important to understand that it has and what it means to us as believers is that we cannot treat it carelessly we have to treat it with respect and honor. You see, you don't just throw a pearl to, 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 to just uh, out in the street and just kind of let it roll down the street. You, you, you protect the pearl. Jesus said it this way. You don't cast your pearl among swine. Things that are valuable, you don't just leave them out for anyone to pick up or anything to happen to it. You hold it dear to your heart. You protect it. The kingdom is precious. The next principle of this is that the kingdom is personal. Notice it says what each man did. It didn't say that there was a group that did it. I'm sure there were other farmers and workers that were in that field. And I'm sure that there were other merchants that were working and trying to sell wholesale pearls to other real, uh, retailers so they can sell them. 
But Jesus focuses on what each person did. Because the kingdom is personal. Each person took the time and energy to mine out, to search. One man found it as he was working, and another man found it as he was searching. And so the kingdom, the kingdom of God is personal. See, Jesus didn't tell us just to hope for the kingdom. He didn't just tell us to pray for the kingdom. He also told us to seek the kingdom. Did you not know that when the disciples were worried about so many different things in their lives, they had worries about family, they had worries about their lives, and, and they were worried about a whole lot of things. And Jesus says this, you know, he says, people who don't believe run after a lot of things that they need. And, you know, we need clothing, we need food, we have concerns that we have to take care of. Jesus said it this way. He says, you know, I know you have those kind of needs. I know. You. I, I know. I, I know you're waiting on your stimulus money. I, I know. I know you're waiting on your check. I, I know. I know that you need to feed your babies, and I know that you need to take care of your, your body. I know that you need a warm place to live. I, I know that you need a car and transportation to get where you need to go. Jesus said, I know that. I'm a God who not only sits in as a God who creates the earth and sustains the earth, but I can also sustain you. So what he says, he says, don't worry about these things. He says, people that don't have faith, they run after stuff like that. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God, Matthew 6, and his righteousness in all these things shall be added to your life. The kingdom is personal. And then he goes on to say, don't even worry about tomorrow because tomorrow has its own worries on itself. People ask me, well, well, well Bishop, what are you going to, to do in the future? You know, it, you know you're, you're, we're still in a pandemic. And you say, you know, I think about it. Don't get me wrong. I think about it. I spend time trying to figure out what I'm thinking about doing and how to get you all to come back to church and how to come back and worship together. But you know, sometimes I have to just let that go and say, you know, God, you know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't. And I seek the kingdom. And so I'm, I'm calling you to a place where you see the kingdom is precious, but you see the kingdom is also personal. I can't, I can't do this for you to seek the kingdom. You have to do this for yourself. Third point is this. And the principle is this, the kingdom has a price. Can you put that in the chat box? The kingdom has a price. The farmer and the merchant sold everything. Uh, imagine this, they, they just sold everything. One sold everything, one gave all he had to purchase that field, and one gave everything to purchase that one pearl. So here's the crux of it, that in order to buy into the kingdom, you have to sell out. You can't buy into the kingdom just giving a, a portion, a tip, a third. You have to buy in by selling out. 
You've heard the term all in, right? You've heard the term all in. Being all in means that you're not holding anything back. Being all in means that you have invested yourself. See, the God that we worship, here's how he wants to be worshipped. He wants to be worshipped that this way. He says that you are to love the Lord your God with all your, your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And, and he said, in love your neighbor as you do yourself. But he said that I want you to love me with all of you. All of you. Not just some of you. All of you. The way to buy in is to sell out. Here's a great example of that. When you think of God's love for you, even though we have messed up, we sinned, we fell short, Adam actually caused a great fall of humanity. We have fallen short because of sin. And here's what, here's what, here's what Jesus did. When God saw us in a sinful state, he didn't throw us away. He saw value. He saw value. He, we, cre we are created in his image. He saw value. In fact, Paul said it this way, that we have this treasure and it's in an earthen vessel. So when God sees you and he sees me, he sees value. So much so that what he did, he didn't hold anything back. He sent his only son to die. Now, I know about you, I have two sons, and I don't know if I would send them out to die for people. But he did. And you know what? He, he sent his only son to die for you, that if you were the only person on the planet, he still would have sent his son. But he sent him for all of us. And so when we think about Jesus, Jesus, when he walked on the Via Della Rosa, he was beaten, he was scorned. In fact, he didn't get a fair trial. It was certainly a trial that was really just rigged to kill him. But when he went to the cross, he said, Lord, um, forgive them for they know, don't know what they're doing. And as he uttered the seven words on the cross, one of the final words he said, Lord, it's finished. What's finished? Man's redemption. The price has been paid. I gave it all. And do you realize that because he gave it all, he set the example for us that we must give our all. Our response to love is to give our all. Imagine what your relationship with your loved ones would be if everyone, including yourself, gave their all. Imagine what your workplace would be if every employee, every CEO, every person who's actually involved in the company would just give their all. Imagine what families would be like if we taught our children to give their all. Giving our all causes value to grow. But it takes risk. There's a cost. It's personal, and it's precious. And so today I want to encourage you, do not allow any more seconds or minutes to go by 
where you just sit back and say, oh well, this is just good enough. It's just like an ordinary day. I want you to enter into each and every moment where we give all and give our all to whatever God has put our hands to because he's expecting us to give it all we got. And so today, I want to pray that this word today will stir you to action. It will stir you to say, you know what, I'm not going to be a slacker. I'm not going to just sit in the cut and just kind of just relax and just see what happens. I'm going to give it my all for the sake of Christ, for the kingdom. And so right where you are, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. I'm going to ask you in this moment to allow this word to go into your heart and to stir you to action to give it your all. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this word and thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. We thank you, Lord, that you have spoken to us and told the disciples in the two very simple stories that in order for us to buy in, we have to sell out. We're going to have to give it all we've got. So I pray, Lord, that we would just repent of whether it's laziness and whether it's, Lord, that we are in a place where we just are not, as it were, feeling it. I pray, Lord, that we would understand value, that we understand the kingdom is precious, the kingdom is personal, and the kingdom has a price. May we be willing, may we be willing to give our all. In Jesus' name, amen. But for those of you who are here and you're watching and you're, you're, you're hearing this message, I'm delighted that you're here. You're our guest. This is your first time. Welcome. Uh, I'd just like to let you know that Abundant Life here, here at this, this ministry, we love people and we enjoy having uh, those of you who are chatting and those of you who have been uh, interfacing with us online. Thank you so much for being a part of our ministry and taking part in whatever area has been a blessing to you. And so today, I also want to lead those who may not have a relationship with Christ. I want to lead you in a prayer because it's important that you have the king. See, there's no kingdom without a king. King Jesus is the king of the kingdom. And if you, have, you want peace and joy and love and all these things in the midst of a crazy mixed up world, Jesus Christ is the prince of peace. So if you open your heart, Christ will come in. So say these words with me if you want to open your heart to Christ. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this opportunity to know you. Thank you that you have come and you have given your life for me. So I, I want to receive you as my king. I want you to rule in my life. Forgive me of my sins, Lord. I believe that Jesus Christ was crucified, he was buried, and he rose from the dead. And so today, Lord, I confess you as my Lord today, in Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer, we'd like to invite you to text us. You can text prayer to 833-300-0670. And we also like you to uh, invite you to pray. If you need prayer, maybe you need something from God, we also like you to text prayer to 
300-0670. Well, God bless you. Make you a blessing. Stay tuned for more. We'll be right back. So grateful for that word, Bishop. Giving it all you got. And so now we welcome you to our Let's Talk About It section where we get to tease out the word a little bit more. So you gave us a couple of parables and one about a farmer and a merchant where you challenged us to give it all, where they gave it all in order to see they first saw it was precious, then they saw it as personal, and then they paid the price for it. So I want to ask you a couple of questions. First, why do you think it's so difficult for us to give our all? Well, I think in, in Western culture, um, Western culture could really um, put you in a place where you know, there's so many benefits that you can receive living in the Western culture um, that you never think about what it really means to give your all. And sometimes we're not encouraged to do that. Um, I, I remember uh, my mother um, telling me that as I was going through some vocabulary words, I used to always ask her, well, what does this mean? What does that mean? And she put this big dictionary in front of me and said, you want to know what that means? You better start looking it up because I'm not going to tell you and give you all the answers. And I think sometimes we want mm -hmm. all the answers. We don't want to dig. We don't want to search. We don't want to struggle. Mm -hmm. And that's why it kind of subconsciously trains us that you really don't have to do a whole lot mm -hmm. to get ahead. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But there are others who know, and some of them will come from different parts of the world. They may have come here with virtually nothing. They mm -hmm. say, you know what, if I'm mm -hmm. going to be a success, I'm going to have to give it all I got. Right, right, right. So what would you say to someone who's wrestling with that this is how precious this is? Maybe they don't see that the things of God and that the kingdom of God is precious. So what would you say to that individual? How do they begin to retune their mind or their spiritual eyes to see that the things of God are precious? I, I think they have to do some searching. Hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes when we... It's kind of one of those things where I, I think of the time when I was, went out and I was searching for a ring for you, mm -hmm. and it was a diamond ring, mm -hmm. a diamond, and I wanted to get a diamond. And I didn't know anything about diamonds. I went to a mm -hmm. jewelry store, but then I went to the jeweler's building, and I saw this very old man. Yeah. His name is Bernie Mendelssohn. Oh, yes. And, oh, yes. and, I, and, I, and he was so, so good at helping me to look at diamonds in a different way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we need to have people who hmm. around us mm -hmm. that see life in a different way mm -hmm. and to teach us what is valuable That's good. and to determine what is, hey, do you really want to go after this mm -hmm. when you can have this and this is going to be more lasting for you? Mm -hmm. um, and so he taught me a little bit about diamonds and then I was so glad I just didn't go into a jewelry store and just buy something that was, you know, in a display case. Mm -hmm. But he really taught me what it really meant to see a diamond and look at not only its size, but its clarity and mm -hmm. all the things that mm -hmm. I learned about diamonds. Now, I'm not a jeweler, but I, at least right. I'm more informed than I was before. Right, that's good. That's a great point, that to get us to see, we need others around us to help us, because sometimes our, we're limited, as exactly. even scriptures say, we only see partially. So you started us off with the being able to see that as precious, but then you moved us to the personal. So for some of us, this kingdom walk isn't, necessarily personal. It's some of us were doing it because others are doing it, and others are still trying to search and find out that personal 
like that pearl. So what would you say to that individual that hasn't quite found that personal space of whether it's their identity or their purpose in Christ? What would you say to them? I, I think like, like anything else, you got to put in the work. Mm -hmm. If you look at the two men who were actually involved in this, these uh, treasures and one in the pearl, the merchant, mm -hmm. one was actually working and they actually stumbled across it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that does happen where mm -hmm. we're working in mm -hmm. different spaces and we go, boom, something happens mm -hmm. where it's just like serendipitous. It's just like, boom, it just happens. Mm -hmm. And we're able to see. So they weren't sitting, they were working. They were working. They were doing something. So you yeah, got yeah, one yeah. person that was working yeah. and one person that was actually searching. Okay. So we have people mm -hmm. that are working and we have people that are searching. That's good. And so yeah. if you're searching, mm -hmm. keep on searching till right. you find the pearl. Right. <laughs> okay. Right. Right. If you're working, keep on working at mm -hmm. it and who knows what you're going to stumble across. That's true. That's good. That's good. And then lastly, the cost, the price. Now, you know I love to shop. And when we shop sometimes and you, we'll get to something and we see the price tag and we go, oh, I don't know if that's worth it. But then there's other times when we know it's worth, that item is worth that cost, but we simply don't want to pay the price. What would you say to that individual that sees, okay, I see that this is worth it, but I don't know if I want to pay the price. Yeah, it, it's, it's a struggle for all of us because mm -hmm. any, any endeavor, and whether it's a career, whether it's a you're engaged in sports or whether you're engaged in ministry, mm -hmm. um, there is a price to pay. Um, the question is, are you going to pay it on the front end or the back end? <laughs> so you, you, can, you can pay it on the front end right. and achieve, or you can pay it on the front end mm -hmm. and say, you know what, I'm, I'm living a life of regret because I didn't pay the price. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's a price for good health. Right. You know? right. um, if you've been blessed with good health, that's wonderful. But there's a price to keep yourself healthy. True. And so... Whether it's you, you have to get up and exercise or you mm -hmm. have to eat right, there's always a price mm -hmm. to pay. And you're going to have to ask that question, that soul-searching question, am I willing to pay the price mm -hmm. for the rewards that I want? That's great. That's great. Well, thank you, Bishop. Thank you well, for giving us that time to talk about it. So we're grateful for this opportunity. And we just invite you to put it in the chat to say, is it whichever area you're dealing with, which one of those three Ps? Is it the price? Is it personal? or the precious, whichever one it is. Put that in the chat and we'll be praying for you. Thank you for being a part of Let's Talk About It. At Abundant Life Church, your gifts and generosity are certainly a blessing to the kingdom of God. We have three ways to give here at ALC. First, you can text GIVE to 855 9521023 Simply type give to this number and follow the prompts. Secondly, you can give using our new giving platform Tithely Giving. Go to alccambridge.org/give and follow the instructions. You can also give using our ALC Church app. Simply download the app and press the give button and set up your one-time or recurring giving. And finally, you can mail your tithes and offering to the Abundant Life Church at 47 Howard Street, Cambridge, Mass, 02139. If you have any questions or concerns, please don't hesitate to contact us at info at 
And now we've come to the part of our service where we get to bless the offering. We're so grateful for what God has blessed us with. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful for the opportunity to give. You've blessed us, and so we're choosing to give back into your kingdom. We, you've blessed us with jobs and income, and we give you back just a portion. For those of us that are tithers, we willingly give 10% to bless you. And for others, we give freely you've given to us, so we give to you. So we ask that you bless this offering. May it be used for the building up of your kingdom. For those that don't have to give today, that don't have it, we pray that you would provide seed for them because you give seed to the sower. And as you give them seed, that they would not eat it, but that they would seed, that they would give some to you. So we pray for multiple income streams, that even in a time where people would wonder, how are you making it? We'll be able to say, it's God. So Father, bless this offering. May it be used for your kingdom. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. He's so worthy of all the praise. Put your blessed hands together right here. Come on. Oh, 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 we love you, oh God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. I'm so glad you're in my life. Thank you. 
Today, we are just going to pause for a moment and acknowledge Women's History Month. March is the time when we pause and celebrate the contributions of women to society. You see, often women were unsung and unnoticed. And so a few years ago, or a number of years ago, it actually started as a week-long celebration, and it has grown into a month. Today, we just want to celebrate women we're not acknowledging any particular woman. We want to ask that you would just pause and take note of the women in your life. In Proverbs chapter 11, verse 16, the first part of that verse says, A gracious woman obtains honor. I want you to think about the gracious women in your life and how they've obtained honor. And if you're a woman like me, I want to encourage you to be gracious so that you can obtain that honor. And when you obtain it, share it with others. Share the love. So we want to bless you to celebrate Women's History Month and encourage you to reach out and to bless a woman and to say thank you for your contributions, how small, how great, to Women's History Month. God bless you. Mary Jane McLeod Bethune, founder of the Bethune-Cookman University, was an American educator, stateswoman, philanthropist, humanitarian, and civil rights activist. Ms. Bethune founded the National Council for Negro Women in 1935. Shirley Anita Chisholm was an American politician, educator, and author. In 1968, she became the first black woman elected to Congress. In 1972, Chisholm became the first African-American candidate for a major party's nomination for president of the United States. 
Lena Horne was a dancer, actress, and civil rights activist. Ms. Horne's career spanned over 70 years, appearing in film, television, and theater, including her role in Stormy Weather, one of two Hollywood's musical released in night, one of two, one of two of Hollywood's musicals released in 1943 with an all African American cast. Wow, what a service we had today. Had an awesome time of worship, and we had an awesome time around the Lord's table and a word from the Lord of giving it all we got. So we just thank you so much for being a part of this worship experience. And as uh, we go through the week, I want to encourage you to give it all you got. Give the kingdom your best. Give your family your best. Give all, because guess what? The rewards are great, and the kingdom is precious. So let me bless you. I want to send you home with a blessing and send you out with a blessing, send you to work with, with a blessing. So if you would just raise your palms before the Lord and we're going to bless you. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity for, to come and to worship together. We pray, Lord, that even as we go out this week, God, that we would give our whole selves to your cause, to the purpose by which you have called us. Thank you, Father, that everything, Lord, that you have given us is valuable for us to use. And Father, we thank you for life. We thank you for health and strength. So Lord, I commend your people to God. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you, give you his shalom, his peace, which is nothing missing, nothing broken. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you again for being a part of our worship experience. And join us again as we worship together here at Abundant Life Church, where faith and life Love nobody, love nobody, love nobody, love nobody, love nobody.